back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We appreciate everyone listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, 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 please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or like us, follow us, subscribe to our shows any way you can to support us. Tell a friend even if they've got a basketball fan or a pop culture fan out there about our shows. We'd be truly glad if you did. <sighs> some troubling times, some troubling times indeed. Uh, you know, on the verge of what could be an announcement this week, although I will ask our guest about that, about the rest of the season that could take place for the NBA. There's still so many troubling things about what's going on right now within our society and within our culture. Uh, things that are going down, obviously, due to the st- stemming from the death of George Floyd just being the tipping point uh, in our society for some some uh, you know real action that needs to be made. Some of it's been good. Some of it's been positive as far as the, the dialogue and also the protesting. And some of it hasn't been good as far as the looting and the violence. And here to talk about that, plus what the NBA has in mind for the rest of the season, plus a little bit more than that, if we have time, is my good friend. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. He is a good man indeed. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom and Laker Tom. I'm sorry if I'm not in the greatest of moods because of what's going on in our country. It's it's not really a time to be jovial, but we do have to go ahead and address the issues. And, and as somebody who wants to go ahead and update people on what's going on with the NBA and all the rumors out there, this cannot go unnoticed as well. How are you doing, Gerald? It's, uh, it's tough times for all of us watching what's going on in the country and it's heartbreaking in many ways and hopefully encouraging. As I said before the show, I've always been a believers that out of great tragedies come great triumphs. So I'm hoping that all of these various things that are happening that are destroying our country, the COVID-19 pandemic, the economic chaos that's resulting from it, and now the racial strife that's running across the country, I'm hoping that we can we can find people inspired by the needs that are so desperate out there that we're going to see a great solutions come up for us and starting with an election that, that really turns things around. Um, as you said, it's, it's just one of those tough times and it, it sort of just derails everything that you're thinking about with basketball and, and, and it's hard to separate it and it's hard to keep the politics out of it, even, even on the website. Uh, we generally don't talk on Lakerholics.net about politics. I've let some of that come through when we had the pandemic, and then we backed off of it again. And and now it's almost inevitable that that you almost have to talk about it just because of of the positions taken by many of the Lakers players, many of the NBA stars, many of the people involved in the sport. Um, right at a point in time when the NBA is getting ready to make a decision on Thursday of what they're going to do. Um, we all of a sudden, and I have a hunch that may be postponed, that decision may be postponed until next week. That's what um, I was going to ask you. Yeah, so rightfully, something... rightfully so. I just don't think you want to make an announcement. You don't want to detract from the announcement, and, and you also want to have time to absorb 
the impact and repercussions that could come out of this entire thing. I'm just praying that uh, we'll see cooler heads prevail and 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 more examples of peaceful cooperation between the police departments and the protesters. Um, there were some just heartwarming situations where police officers knelt down with protesters and and walked and marched with them and so forth. And those are the types of approaches that we have to have if we're going to solve an endemic problem like the racism in this country. Absolutely, because I believe there is systemic racism in our country. Uh, we've seen it come to light on many occasions, too numerous to count. Uh, it is a tragedy that has long been overdue in trying to be fixed. And the voices have been out there trying to speak about this for many years, but not enough people have been wanting to listen. And hopefully now this isn't going to be just part of another vicious cycle where this tragedy about George Floyd and uh, Ahmaud Aubrey and others that have had to endure and had to go through and lost their lives for continue on spiraling down. It just is another part of this vicious circle that we're continuing in year, two years, three years from down the line, as we seem to continuously do. I mean, Charlottesville all over again. And before that, of what I remember in Southern California during Rodney King and the unfortunate events there, and just it, it's just a tragedy. And this should already have been stopped. And unfortunately, it hasn't been yet. And there is a need to act, and there's a need to protest, and there's a need to go ahead and, and voice your opinions it needs to be everybody. It needs to be everybody that says, you know what, this has got to stop. And this has got to stop now. And this has led to a lot of violence, a lot of looting, a lot of damage, a lot of property being destroyed, a lot of people being injured or killed, a lot of reporters, which, you know, for me, with my journalism background, is is truly disheartening to hear that it, journalists are being caught in the fray and being intentionally targeted by both police primarily, which is even more troubling, but the issue of systemic racism has to be stopped. It has to be, be quashed. It has to be dealt with. And uh, there's got to be some point in time where people draw a line in the sand. They're drawing that line in the sand right now. And, uh, you know, it's just got to be dealt with. It's got to be dealt with sooner rather than later. That was a, a wonderful article in Medium by our former president, Barack Obama, and Obama made some points which are really, I think, points that I've uh, that really stick with me. And that is that you can't ignore politics. You can't just go out there and protest and feel like your vote doesn't count, because the only way you're really going to to make change, the only way you're going to differentiate this situation from the same problem we have with gun control and the same problem we've had with racism over the years, where it's it's tiny step forward and then long periods of just continuing to let it fester and grow. Obama said that people have got to vote. It really comes down to that. And even, even as much important as the presidential election is and, and the impact we can see on the nature of the problem that we're facing right now with the type of leadership that we have at the federal level, it's also the state and local people that you vote for. Those are the ones who really impact the type of police departments that you have and the, the type of approach that you have toward minority communities. So 
the one thing I'm hoping is the first and the most important thing that can come out of all of the tragedy and all of the violence that we're seeing. Um, and as understandable as it is with all of the anger and frustration, you can't condone that. You just can't do it. Instead, what you've got to do is focus on this next election, this next election in every city, every county, every state, and at the national level. You need to vote in people who have the right approach, who are going to solve the problem. And that's the single most important thing that every single person in this society can do. Whether you're white, black, Asian, doesn't matter. You need to go out there and exercise your right to choose what kind of country you want to live in. And this is something, again, like you and I have just said, it's just, it's long overdue. I hope the protests peacefully will continue because voices do need to be heard. The African-American community start needs to be treated. And all communities that have been treated harshly due to racism need to stand up. And this is their time, especially the African-American community, to stand up and say enough's enough and we need to make changes and and we need to make changes right away yeah it's it's just such a tough situation i mean personally i have my own experience with this situation of the looters um it's really a really a frustrating thing back in 1992 in san francisco there was a on the anniversary of of the uh, rodney king situation uh, there were riots in downtown San Francisco. And uh, at that point in time, my business was uh, running. A, I had a leather apparel store in two or three locations, including one down in the Union Square area of San Francisco. I was in Hong Kong actually putting together orders for the following Christmas. And I opened up and, and people came running up to me and said, you better turn on CNN. And I turned on CNN and saw people crashing the windows of the store that I had, it was like a 3,000 square foot store, a very large store. Uh, we lost over $150,000 in inventory, basically ended up having to file bankruptcy because we couldn't replace the inventory. It took six months for the insurance company to pay off. In the meantime, business, we didn't have anything to sell and nothing to do with it. So I feel for all of these local business owners who are people mostly in the neighborhoods that are getting trashed right now, uh, that they're, you know, it's, it's just, and it is a small minority of the people who are taking advantage of it for either either political or personal selfish reasons to loot and, and uh, cause despair and, and undermine the whole impact of the protest um, and add ammunition, just add ammunition into the into the guns of the, those who don't want to see any changes really happen. So it's, it's a heartbreaking situation for me as I watch these various merchants and, and guys trying to, trying to protect their stores. Um, it was heartwarming to see a lot of protesters trying to intercede and pre prevent people from destroying stores and wrecking their own neighborhoods and so forth. Um, but it's a situation that you can't, you can't condone it, but you sure can understand the frustration and anger that goes with it. Um, I'm just hoping that out of this whole thing that we'll, we'll see some inspiring effort to make change in this country. And it won't be another one of those situations where, where everybody just goes back to some sort of normal. Um, when you combine it with the COVID situation and the economic 
trauma that we're going to be going through. Uh, everybody knows there's not a new normal. There's not, the old normal doesn't exist any longer. And this is, this is an opportunity that is ripe for change, ripe for dramatic change. And I hope that we can all bond together and take advantage of that. Let's hope so, my friend. Let's hope there's a change for the better because, again, like I've told you earlier in this podcast, it's just a uh, been a vicious cycle that I've seen throughout the 50-plus years of my life, and I, I want it to end. I want there to be a, a society where my daughters and my children can live in a, in a world that you know can be free of systemic racism, of who they are, and just based, basically be judged and valued and appreciated by the character that they have and the way they live their life. Yeah. It's, it's got to start with the children. That's really the whole story. But, you know, I'm, it's kind of funny. One of the girls on the basketball team I coach is an African-American girl. And her mother and father have actually set strict rules for her that she has to behave so much better than any of her peers, you know, just simply because she's African-American. And you think of that, that all these changes that we're talking about, those are changes that aren't gonna affect us as much as they're going to affect our children, and in my case, our grandchildren. It's a new future that we can build, so we have to take advantage of the opportunity that's been afforded by all of the tragedies that are going on to try to make something really permanent and, and sustainable, constructive about this entire situation. Um, and I think a lot of it starts with, with free preschool for every kid in America, making sure that, that we can pull them out of whatever neighborhood they are and make sure that they get the same quality of education as, as my grandkids get living in a, in a nice suburban white neighborhood. Every kid in America deserves that chance. Uh, I, for, for me, education is really the hallmark of the whole thing. You can't, there's, there's a million ways that you can attack this situation. But in real sense, the biggest bet is to bet on the children and bet on those to come, bet on them, because it's their future that we're talking about. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, we're going to see, hopefully, the changes for a positive world, for a better world in the days, weeks, and months to come. I'm hoping this will be the straw that snaps and wakes people up that need to be woken up as far as systemic racism in our society. And, and I'm hoping for a positive change that will have a, a better outcome for all people in our society, that we can treat each other better, be you know respectful of each other a lot more, and in cases with the law and dealing with the law and the law dealing with the people out there that we can choose a better path than the one we have taken so far. Yep, definitely need to have change. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way 
that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Well, be that on as a basketball. Uh, yeah, on to basketball, indeed. That's uh, just something that we need to go ahead and voice out. I, again, it, we don't like to go ahead and talk too much of the way of politics. Sometimes I have to calm Laker Tom down when it comes to certain issues in the past weeks in regards to the coronavirus, but I think this needed to be addressed, and it's something that you know hopefully can be addressed in the weeks and months to come. But it is the NBA that is also to be concerned about because there is a matter of how they're going to go ahead and decide officially to continue the season in some format. And a vote at this time is scheduled for Thursday. Although I'm thinking at, you know, when this hits, this podcast goes up or at some point in time during the week, they're going to go the same way as in my pop culture talk. Uh, PlayStation and Sony did as canceling in their event because they wanted, as they put it, more important voices to be heard. I think the NBA might follow suit as we were talking about earlier. But still, let's talk about some of the ideas that have been floating around. And the one that was preeminent that was talked about right around the time of, I think it was Friday, when Adam Silver called the other owners and called the you know talked to the GMs earlier in the week or whatnot was a prospective uh, season about 20 to 22 teams in recent hours before leading up to this podcast there's been a movement by small market teams to raise the ante up to the entire 30 team scenario with a group play being talked about, with a play-in tournament being talked about, and still so many different scenarios out there, I'm going to go right off the bat and tell you I'm not in love with the group play thing. It works for soccer. It works for European soccer. It doesn't work for the NBA, and it will take away everything that the top teams, and yes, I'm biased because I'm a Lakers fan. I'm not going to tell you differently. But even if they weren't, it would be unfair to the team's who have already 60-plus games into the season, have worked so hard and tried to achieve. I think uh, no matter how you slice it, a group play scenario is not the right one for the NBA. I agree with you 100%, Gerald. I have to say one thing that really still impresses me about the NBA uh, in comparison to Major League Baseball and the NFL, and that is their commissioner. Um it's kind of a unique thing when you see what happens in most of the leagues where the commissioner basically run, rules with an iron fist, so to speak. In the NBA, it's a different story because the players have a lot more say than they do in the NFL or Major League Baseball. And the one thing that has come clear, especially under the reign of Adam Silver, is the owners pretty much trust their commissioner to do the right thing because he's shown over and over that he's not afraid to make changes, to address controversial situations, 
and to make the right decisions for the league and for its players and its fans. And the one thing that jumps out even after they've had this extensive polling of all of the general managers of all of the teams with all of these various options is, I mean, they, they put a complete list of things. They've covered almost every possible suggestion that's been made in the media in this poll that they made to the general managers. And then the Players Association basically did their own polling of all of the players and getting their feedback and so forth. And, and the net-net, as, as they meet on Thursday, if, if they actually do have the governor's meeting on Thursday, almost everybody has unanimously said that we're going to approve Silver's plan. Whatever it is, we're going to approve whatever Adam Silver thinks is best to do. He's gathered, he's, he's done a great job of building a consensus around the league that, that, okay, this is a controversial thing. There's all sorts of options. Every single team has their own personal bias in it. As a Laker fan, the last thing I want to see is, is a denigration or a delegitimizing of the championship so that people will put a bigger asterisk next to it. Um, but I think that that's a really probably the, one of the most important things about this entire situation is that the NBA is unanimously behind whatever Adam Silver decides is going to be the plan. And it's going to be interesting to see what he comes up with. I wrote an article in Medium and on Lakerholics.net where basically I said that it looked to me like the 22-team uh, play-in tournament probably is going to be the solution. Uh, you try to make sense of that, and you look at that. If you have, you've got 16 teams that supposedly are already in the league playoffs because they have, they're the ones that are eight in each division, eight in each conference that have the best records. And then they're talking about including in that six other teams, five from the Western Conference and one from the Eastern Conference who are within six games of that eighth playoff spot. So the uh, sort of what you're envisioning, as far as I can tell, would be an eight-team play-in tournament, basically, with those six teams plus the eight number eight seeds in each of the conferences, where they'd play in and decide who are going to be the 15th and 16th player teams to go into the playoffs. If they do that route, I don't see how they maintain conferences as the way that they're determining it. I think you almost... You've got five of those six teams that they're within six games that are in the Western Conference, you know, and so all, and the only one from the Eastern Conference is the uh, Washington Wizards. So basically, you're going to end up with an unbalanced number of Western and Eastern teams, most probably, uh, and it almost necessitates that you do a one to sixteen seeding. As a Laker fan, I'm all for a one to sixteen seeding if they decide to do that because it means the Clippers and Bucks are in the other cut bracket opposite of us. But I don't. I want to say this. There's night. There's something to spicing up that and the one sixteen. But there's also something to spicing up the season and getting some interest with a plan. I I I, I kind of like the plan between twenty two any twenty two teams. I don't know about twenty four, but you know the the teams that are still com considered competitive are, is around twenty two. I think mm -hmm. uh, from what I mis uh, mistake, you know, from what I heard, uh, and from what I've seen. And I think 20 to 22 is fine. Going to 30 is, to me, I, I don't know. I, it's I, I, think that's crazy. It, I agree with it, you. It, it, to me, it's ridiculous 
because the 20, the fact, gives you an odd, 20 gives you an odd number unless you include the seven seeds. Well, you're also going to have six or seven teams that just are going to go through the motions that don't yeah. care, that don't want to be there because the they don't want to probably eating themselves out of shape. Yeah, and, well, they probably don't want to even be there because the risk that are inherently involved, right. and those teams, including the Golden State Warriors, even with a, a Steph, you know, Curry, a Steph Curry, uh, you know, Clay Thompson coming back, if that was the case, that still probably would not be able to get them out of such a a, a disadvant disadvantageous hole that they would be put in because even if we went to a group play, there would be some type of scenario where the Lakers would be given a better shot than sure. than the Warriors. So I think for at least six to eight teams, it's not worth their money and not worth their time going back. And you've heard already some of the players that says, if we don't have something to play for, why should we go back? Right. I think that attitude's probably already eliminated some of the players on the lower teams from even staying in shape. You know, the play in uh, the play in. If it, if it were well, me, I'm just going to say I'm, this. Let me let me say this. Okay. If you're being paid a million dollars a year to play <laughs> basketball, right. you should be in shape year round. You should be well, in some semblance of, of decent shape year round because to not be is doing your contract or your uh, payment agreement. I should say your payment agreement, which you be paid for. Uh, it's it's like okay, you can't your your like your job up on your craft. Yeah, it, giving up on your craft, but also as well just the commitment that you make. Let's say Laker Tom, you're you know you make a commitment to the company that you run and that you that the businesses that you own, like you talked about earlier in the show. If you just wanted to stop for a couple months and just say, you know what, not my deal, not my right. deal. What does that say for the employees of the companies that you ran? That doesn't say much. The other side of it is. You guys want to get paid, man. You got to play pay. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and we always hear the stories about certain players that come in the league out of shape, and they always talk about, in fact, Shaq was so famous for it. Shaq was uh, on my mind when you were talking. Yeah, about playing himself into shape, quote unquote. And it always well, used he, to. He wanted, he wanted to stay in shape on the Lakers' dollar, not his dollar. Yeah, and it always used to tick Kobe off. And, and a lot of that led into the fact that we don't sit here and talk about the Lakers winning six titles instead of three. Yeah. But need I digress? It just to me, it's a commitment to the craft that you have, that you should be some type of semblance of decent shape because you can't always get it back. You'll get injured. You're like more likely to sustain an injury and things of that nature. So yeah, it's, it's, it should be something that the players should be always cognizant of, but I agree with them. When they say if there's nothing to play for, or if the or if the odds are so far stacked against you, it's not really worth it. Going there and playing, okay, you work six weeks, five to six weeks in a training camp just to go there and be outed right, within, a dozen games, yeah, or yeah. and be and be outed in a week. No matter how much money it's going to cost you with the local television markets, it's just not worth it for some of these players. I think that the uh, the play-in tournament is going to happen, I think, and I, I, for a couple of reasons. One, they need revenue, and they, want, and they want to make sure that these playoffs are really going to generate a lot of revenue because they're not going to have the fans in the stands. And secondly, I think that – I think it's inevitable. You know, we've seen it happen in baseball. We've seen it happen in football. 
And the more teams that can be involved in the playoffs, the more successful that league is going to be. So I think a play-in tournament moving forward is going to be part of the formula no matter what happens. And so there's good reasons for Silver to want to start that this season because uh, this season and next season are the two seasons that are going to be very difficult for the league to generate the kind of revenue and the players to make as much money as they're used to making. The 1-16 to 16 thing is what I find fascinating because generally everybody's been in favor of it except for the travel situation, that it would cause a lot more travel, especially if you're having East Coast teams play West Coast teams and it's not the NBA Finals. But I don't see how they can avoid doing it this season if they have a play-in tournament with five Western, six Western Conference and two Eastern Conference teams. I mean, how how do you solve that problem then if you don't seed the teams one to sixteen? Um, and then what happens next year? Uh, I think this could be a real big move if they have the seeding of one to sixteen on the teams. Just looking at it, and even not even counting the extra wild card you throw in of having a play-in tournament, but looking at the matchups that you got on the when you look at the two brackets there. It's fascinating. I mean, it looks like a better matchup, a better set of matchups than running the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference in separate tournaments. So to me, I'm I'm actually hoping that they actually do go through with the play-in tournament and the 1-16 to seeding. And I think if they do that, that may be the format going forward because it sure makes a lot of sense in, in adding more teams. So you get more teams, more fans still involved longer in the season. Um, you get more bread, more revenue, and you get some great new matchups in the playoffs that you never ever see. You know, I, I think it's an exciting aspect to be thrown in it, and those are the types of moves moves that that excite the game and create new interest in the fans that the league is going to need to do to get through the next couple of years to set that new normal that we're going to expect, especially without fans at least for this season and possibly next season too. I don't know whether a lot of people are going to be willing in January of 2021 to crowd in with 20,000 other fans screaming and yelling, which is exactly what is the worst thing to do in the case of a pandemic. you got all of those droplets flying all over the place. I mean, we've proven already that that's where most of these close count, close crowds of people that are making a lot of noise and breathing hard and, and yelling is the formula for COVID-19 to spread like crazy. So anyway, I'm hopeful that uh, that we'll see something really exciting come out of out of the tragedies that we've had this year in the NBA, that all of a sudden we'll see a formula moving forward that by then two or three years ago, we'll be, we'll be looking back and saying that there was a real silver lining in the COVID-19 thing for the NBA, for major league sports, that it basically got a little bit more innovation and some new ideas going that really revved up the sports. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, it's going to be some major decisions being made whenever they make it. And as long as our tensions that we currently have and the protesting and the looting and the violence still takes place, it would probably not be the most apropos time to go ahead and announce something like that, even though you and I want it very much as far as a, an official target for the end of the season. I know 
July 31st was the most talked about date mm -hmm. that was rumored on Friday and Saturday. But yeah, it's just something that maybe they need to go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, look at the room that's there and see maybe it's not the right or appropriate time to talk about it or come up with something officially. But I'm hoping they will as soon as <clears throat> I'm hoping they will as soon as possible because we sure need it. We sure yeah. need it. We need that escape more than we have ever needed it before. I'll tell you that. That's for sure, my friend. That's for sure. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener. Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. Well, I'll tell you what, it's great talking to you once again. It's Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net. If you have any questions for us, you can always reach out LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, at LakerTom on Twitter, or at LakersFastBreak on Twitter as well. We truly appreciate any comments or questions that you have for our show. My friend, there's still a little bit more to talk about on today's show. Cannot forget J.R. Smith before we head on out. <laughs> J.R. Smith, we got to talk about because he had an interesting weekend per se. That's on both Saturday and Sunday. So we can't forget about him before we before we head on out. But what's happening right now at Lakerholics.net, and before we talk about that even, I want to know your thoughts on why winning this championship is key for LeBron, AD, who went bike riding recently. But again, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. And the Los Angeles Lakers. I've always felt there are these critical moments in time, turning points. When everything changes for a franchise, it could be the last-minute shot that wins a championship that launches a dynasty. Um, the Lakers have had several of those situations. It could be a game that keeps the team from getting knocked out of the playoffs, and then they go on and win two or three championships. The Lakers right now, this season, is so critical. It is either going to slam the window down, possibly, on a lot of the optimism of a championship window, or it's going to unlock the doors for greatness. Um, you look at LeBron James. I think LeBron James was on route to win a championship with the Lakers this year. And that would have been a huge step for him toward eventually being recognized as the greatest player, even greater than Michael Jordan. If he wins this championship this year, he'd be favored next year. Um so, and he could end up with two or three championships. He could even eventually tie Michael Jordan with six championships and surpass Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant. So for LeBron, I think he, especially at 35 years old, this is a year he has to win. And I think he's going into the playoffs with that attitude and it looked for a while like he might not get the chance. And I think once he's got the chance, he's not going to, He's not going to fail it. I think we're going to see maybe the one of the greatest playoff LeBrons we've ever seen. And then you look at Anthony Davis, 
He's made this big decision, forced his way out of New Orleans to the Lakers to play alongside LeBron James, both clutch sports clients. He could be, if he wins two or three championships with LeBron, he could be in position to then become the the next best player on the planet for the next generation, for the next decade, if you will. Just like LeBron was the player of the 2000s, he could be the two, he could be the 2010s. AD could become the championship, the player of the 2020s. Um, so I think it's really critical to him that he's everything that he's gambled in forcing his way out of New Orleans and onto the Lakers and to play with LeBron and so forth. This is a critical season for him. Not only, I mean, if he fails to win this championship this year and fails next year, it's even possible that he might not stay with the Lakers because he's going to have his 10-year anniversary at that point in time. And as a 10-year player, he'll be eligible for a Supermax. So that's critical for him. Then you look at the Lakers after six years of not even making the playoffs to have not only the tragedy of Kobe's death, but also the the COVID-19 pandemic hit them and the suspension of the season. They're within one championship of tying the Boston Celtics for the most championships in the NBA. If they can win that this year and be favored next year, they can surpass Boston and put them in the rearview mirror as far as the greatest NBA franchise. So I think this season is, is a critical one for the Lakers. It's, it's the season that can unlock the door for the legacies of both LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the entire Lakers franchise. Um, and I believe that the Lakers are going to be really focused going into the playoffs and they're, they're going to do whatever, whatever plan Adam Silver comes up with the Lakers are ready and they're going to have a championship season this year, this year. Well, I certainly hope so. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk and speculation because the Lakers will not be playing in Staples center, that that's a disadvantage for them and the bucks. I know a lot of love Best road has, team in the league. Best road team in the league. Let's hope it plays out that way because a lot of love has been given the way the Clippers and who a lot of people are saying because it's not being played in the Staples Center and uh, you know playoff series between the two would favor as far as from a home court advantage even on uh, the road games quote unquote for the for the Lakers our seven game home court advantage yeah exactly it's it's, think of a think of like the Los Angeles Chargers you know having an entire season with no fans because it seems like that's the case for the Los Angeles Chargers having They might do no better because of that. They learn how to play without fans, you know? Well, yeah, that's true. And then the uh, fact that they're opening a new arena, at some, uh, a new stadium at some point in time to all fans from the other team would is be really, truly depressing. But need I digress? But, yeah, with the Lakers and Clippers, Clippers I know have been given more love in the past few days from experts because of this type of scenario that could play out on a – uh, uh, on a one area format, and I don't know about that's going to be the case, but the Lakers have played well on the road and have played well as a unit and a team, and I feel that they should be given every opportunity and every chance to prove why that they you know played so well over the course of the season. It is going to be a tough matchup. We'll have to wait and see how it, how it lays out. I kind of like the one to sixteen the scenario. Uh, with the play-in scenario coming up right after it. that. 
well, they, they would match up against the Bucks, which would right. be advantageous for us. And although a Lakers Clippers finals would be something that I would definitely like to see. I think the Clippers and Bucks would be a hell of a matchup in the uh, bracket. And, and it's, it's interesting to see what happens. I think there's a lot of Laker haters out there, so we may not see the one to six. They may jimmy something up or, or change well, the way the normal road brackets work. Well, hold on, hold on. Can we ask the people that have been making the jokes online that they've been looting the Staples Center and went <laughs> to go ahead and take all the things away from the Clippers as far as their titles and found nothing there? Right. We get the joke. It was great the first time, but come on. This is a time of seriousness and, and tragedy, and we need to focus on that, not always slam the Clippers. But the first I don't mind slamming the Clippers. Well, the, the first time it was kind of funny. <laughs> but, you know, when you see the same post in different ways and described in different ways on the, on the Laker forums for the 90th time, okay, the joke is over. The joke is done. Uh, and there's at some I'm, point in time, the Clippers. They're always funny. Well, the Clippers at some point in time, the Clippers at some point in time, just the odds that they're going to have to get it together at some point in time. Let's hope it's not this year. Let's hope the Lakers can continue their winning ways and go ahead and prove better than the Clippers once again, and also the rest of the NBA for that matter. But yeah, we'll wait and see what happens when it comes to the Lakers. It is a key to them winning the championship and tying the Boston Celtics. It would be a great way to punctuate such a turbulent season Yep. So many ups and downs, so many things that have gone right, so many things that have gone wrong. Some of it without, some of some of it without, you know, some of it was, you know, um, not be able to be within their capacity to handle, <clears throat> or within their realm, like Kobe's tragic, uh, you know, death and the what happened in China and things of that nature. Some of it was within their realm that they could have controlled, like the issues with the taking the money and all that. So it's been an up and down season so far for the Lakers. We've seen the really good and the really bad, and I'm hoping it gets punctuated on a really good note for a championship for the Lakers. And I, I think more than any other season that I know of as a Lakers fan in my 51 years, that I think that this season the Lakers deserve to win the championship more than any other. It would be the ultimate tribute to Kobe. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday, and you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of it. But before we head on out and we talk J.R. Smith, because I'm saving that for last, my friend, you got to go ahead. I love you know, I mean, uh, it's kind of interesting. It was like a, it was like a little clutch sports bicycle trip. Well, let's, let's just, again, let's save that for last. You got to go ahead and save that for last, because not everybody has this extreme access to social media. Almost everybody out there, but not everybody. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about what's going on at a place that you know so well and are so fond of, and that is Lakerholics.net. Well, the latest, the latest uh, big discussion on Lakerholics.net has been Fred Van Fleet. There's a lot of talk in the, in the media that 
the Raptors because of their financial situation, having over a hundred and uh, they're, they're well over the, the uh, salary cap and are right at the edge of the luxury tax threshold. Um, they just gave out a huge payday to, uh, to Pascal Siakam. Uh, their OG Anaby has got a huge payday coming. They have a lot of good guards and, Fred Van Fleet is a free agent, an unrestricted free agent. And the problem facing Fred is that there's only one team that's a winning team with any cap space, which is the Miami Heat, and they don't need a point guard. So I'm betting that there's a good chance that the Lakers might go after him. He's only 6'1". He's a small guard. I've normally been kind of prejudiced against small guards, but I watched this kid play in the playoffs last year and the year before, and He's a championship player, man. He he really won that championship for them in game six, the way he shot the ball, the way he attacked the basket, the, the assists that he distributed. He's an 18-point-per-game, seven assists, four-rebound type of guy who plays good defense. He led the league in deflections this year, um, and I think he'd be a perfect fit on the Lakers next to LeBron and AD, only 26 years old, four years in the league. Um, and the Lakers could basically trade Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma for him. They'd probably have to throw in a first-round draft choice just to solidify it. And the competition won't come from the free agency teams. It'll come from another contending team that would be willing to put up money and, and maybe have better trading pieces, trading chips to offer uh, than we do. So a lot of it comes down to what Van Fleet wants to do. And uh, it's an interesting situation. So that's one of the things that we've been discussing uh, both on Twitter and on, on Lakerholics.net. And it's something that uh, I think would be a great solution for the problem that the Lakers have. He would be their third scorer, obviously, and the second playmaker they need, when, especially when LeBron goes to the bench. Well, we'll wait and see what happens and what plays out in free agency, if it is Fred, Vla- Fred Van Vliet or someone else that they target or for a trade. Could be a trade, you know, that they might work out as well during the offseason. But there are some things and some holes that they need to address. And because of the salary cap and other, you know, extenuating circumstances due to coronavirus and basically the season in general and how it's played out, that it's going to necessitate some different thinking from the GM's office or from the vice president's office, I should say, We'll have to see what plays out for the Lakers and for other NBA teams. It'll be very interesting. It was going to be kind of a little bit of a boring free agency period, but I think it's going to be interesting for altogether different reasons this time and not because of a mass exodus or a mass, you know, moving from one team to another. It's going to be because these teams have to get really creative if they want to go ahead and prove and improve for next season. And they're all businesses and who are going to be suffering dramatic revenue drops. Nobody likes to lose money. And a couple of those, a couple of the franchises have, the owners have very tough businesses that are going to really suffer. A couple of guys are in the, are in the cruise business, for example, in the hotel business. And, and those, are, those are really going to be hard hit industries. Yeah, it, it, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Uh, you know, obviously, being on a cruise is not the most attractive thing at this point in time. My family was trying to get <laughs> me to go on one now for a couple of years, and that conversation ended with COVID-19. Let's just put it that way. 
and might as well go to prison, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, it's been uh, really rough for the travel industry as a whole. We had to cancel our trip to, I think, uh, end of July. I was going to go ahead and, and head somewhere, but that unfortunately was canceled. So, a lot of plans being scrapped, you know. But also, we need to not forget the thousands of lives, the over 100,000 lives that have been lost, and the the thousands more that have been adversely affected by the coronavirus. In the middle of all this that's going on, the racial tensions, the issues with the White House and all that, that there are still so many people dying from this contagious disease, and it's not slowing down too much because people are still for various reasons, whether it's for the right or, or whether it's for whether it's for, whether it's for good or whether it's for bad, or whether they just want to have fun, they're still getting together, not social distancing, not using masks, not using the things, the proper precautions that are taking, and they're not respecting others, and it's showing up still in those stats that we see rising day in day out. So we cannot forget about the you know, the pandemic that's going on and the reason why we were all staying at home in the first place, because it's some serious stuff, man, that's going on out there. We got so many different things that are trying to hit us on all sides in our society right now. It's a tough time for our country. It's a tough time indeed. And they're closer there. There, there's more tenuous connections between them than you'd really think, because first off the COVID-19 pandemic has hit the black community harder than any other community. It's highlighted a lot of the, and I think that's one of the reasons we're seeing such anger and frustration because a lot of people are dying and a lot of people are sick. And they're the people who are on the front lines a lot of the time. They're the guys who are the paramedics or cleaning the hospitals or or working in the grocery stores. And so that's tied to this whole racial thing of why it's exploding. And then the second thing I think that's an that, that effect is that we've been in, We've been in isolation for two and a half months. And just like you saw people flocking to the beaches on Memorial Day in some of these areas um, and not giving a dang about social distancing and, and wearing masks, I think we're seeing a big element of that in hooliganism that is involved in some of these protest rallies. People going out to the rallies because, you know, it's, it's maybe maybe I wasn't willing to go to to the beach and crowd in there, but now that I'm going to do this uh, to protest the unfair death of of George Floyd, and 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 I'm going to do it for a good reason. And you get out there, and and you're a mono, you're packed in with a bunch of other people, and everybody's screaming and yelling. It's tough. It's tough. I think a lot of people went out there to these protest rallies who might not have gone to them in a normal situation because they just were kids, partly cabin fever, you know, yeah. um, I feel it myself, you know, wanting to, I, I went out and picked up takeout a couple of times last week. First time I've done that instead of DoorDash, you know, it's, it's just human nature that you want to get out. And, and, and if you've, you've got an event where there's such a justifiable reason to go out and protest, it's, it's hard not to do that. It's easy to talk yourself into that. So I think in a couple of weeks, we may see the impact of that in some rising rises in cases and unfortunately, inevitably, a rise in the number of people who die. It's all tied together. You know, it's all 
it's all connected to the government that type of government leadership that we have right now and the problems that have been systemic in this country since we started bringing over slaves. And we'll continue to be that way unless we make a change and make a stand right now. And hopefully we will make a stand that is definitive for the long term and not something like I said before, be a vicious cycle once again. Yep. But there are more things that are going on, whether you want to go ahead and speak out on what's going on with the racial, uh, racial tensions, the systemic racism, uh, what's going on in Minneapolis and across the country, pay tribute to George Floyd and others who have tragically and needlessly died. Uh, you know, you can go ahead and do so today or talk about the NBA and the playoff scenarios and all that. You can go ahead and do so today at Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. Well, my friend, before we head on out, we might have thought we had a troubling weekend, <laughs> but we weren't J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith, who recently tried out for the Lakers and didn't get a job, it was actually given to Dion Waiters. It was funny because the first images I saw of J.R. Smith this weekend was on Saturday as he was bike riding behind and trying to hard to keep up with ad and lebron bike riding in los angeles on saturday and it seemed like to me like he was the little brother that was saying hey wait up for me wait up for me as he's trying to bike ride and keep well, up the little, with brother, the little brother was actually rich paul who's a small guy trying to okay. keep up with three pro okay athletes. so so he he was uh actually way in the back rich paul okay yeah. Okay, so that's I thought it was Jr. So my my apologies. But Jr. was not was trailing behind Eighty and LeBron. Okay, so wait up, wait up, wait up. And on Sunday, his truck was damaged by looters, and TMZ decided to go ahead as TMZ only does, and well, the actually these days a lot of people are actually filming what's going on with the the looting and the destruction, and he decided to go ahead and take it out on the individual who was damaging his truck and there's no place for damaging anyone's property and we've talked about that through the show the adverse effects if you go ahead and damage the property is the property owner or the said owner of the property in this case jr smith will let you know definitively and i will just say that he, he the let wrong truck to damage yeah he picked the wrong truck to damage as the social media that's out there just type in jr smith and twitter and you'll see what we mean yeah he uh, beat the snot out of somebody really harshly and i can't say it isn't deserved because it is deserved but this can't be a good look for him if he wants to try and get a job back in the nba or if they expand the rosters which has also been talked about by the NBA as a proposal and the GMs really wanting it an expansion of rosters, him being added on as a 14th or 15th man on the Lakers roster. You know, have you ever had your car broken into Gerald? Uh, on more than one occasion. I had a Porsche one time that got broken into like six times, six new radios. I mean, you, you almost feel like capital punishment would not be enough for guys who just destroy your car, you know, I just like, you almost want to leave it unlocked just so they don't smash in all the windows, rip out the seats and so forth. So as far as JR goes, I was cheering for him all the time while he beat the hell out of that guy. 
Uh, I just, I just can't. Ask. People who break into houses and break into my cars, the punishment should be a lot worse than it is. Well, uh, while it was just deserved, it's still not a great look for him because he's trying to get a job, one last job, maybe, because this is the end of the line pretty much for J.R. Smith. Yep. He is in his mid-30s, and guards in their mid-30s usually are not lasting that much longer in the NBA. So, well, Lakers need an enforcer. Yeah. Who's, the, who's our enforcer? Well, right now, maybe it's uh, Morris, uh, per se, or maybe. you know, maybe it's Howard. If it should he, be LeBron, but we don't want to hit him throwing out of the game. No, 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 we don't. We don't. Uh, it'd probably it'd probably be Howard. I Howard's the, say Howard too. Yeah, the Howard's well, the guy. I think we ought to add him as our 16th player if the league allows it. A heroic move by Jr. I don't. I, I completely disagree. Well, I, no, it, I I, I think I think it's deserved, <laughs> but also you have to show some restraint in the type of position that you're in. But the emotions can get the best of you. And it's understandable what happens. I know I would be mad too, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say differently. If I was in that situation, I could have done the same exact thing. But it's all about optics. You don't know TMZ, yeah. or you don't know that video is going to be blasted upon social media. Well, TMZ that's ain't it. following you and me around. So Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, it's actually people taking a video and selling it to TMZ. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. All of this stuff happening today is because of our cell phone cameras. Yeah, and and there's there was a couple of people that tried to stop Jr. But when he's five inches taller than you, it's, it's really hard to say no. Yeah, but right. I, I'm hoping for everything for Jr. Smith. You know, I know he's had an up and down career. I know he's seen the highest of highs and seen the lowest of lows. And you know, I'm hoping for a career that ends on the right note for him. I'd like to see at least one more contribution made by him yep. on the way out. But, yeah, Dwight Howard is our enforcer at this point in time. I told you, he comes in, gets two fouls, pushes somebody around, and gets on the verge of a fight every single game that he was playing. Well, he but wants, it's worked out so well so far. What he, what he does is he lets people know that we're going to be physical. And that's that what he, Frank Vogel says is, is his job. Well, Frank, that, that, Frank doesn't mind that at all. Yeah, he doesn't mind that at all, and, and hopefully it will continue throughout the playoffs. Yep. But, again, from the NBA – We'll have to wait and see. And my thoughts and my prayers and my hopes for a change that's permanent in this country hopefully will be done sooner rather than later. And my thoughts and prayers are for those who are currently battling this, protesting against this. Keep safe, Laker Tom. Keep safe, listeners and protesters out there. Keep fighting that good fight. Do it with your voice. Do it with your heart. Do it with your vote. Do it with your vote, but please, just if you can, just don't try to do it anymore with violence or with looting. It's it's not the answer. That's not serving the memory of George Floyd, and that's certainly not serving the memory of all those who have tragically died before him in much the same matter. And we need to make change in this country, and we need to make it now so we avoid more issues like we're currently going through. I agree 100%, Gerald. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough. Hopefully, next time we talk, it's a little bit more cheery. I don't know if we'll have an answer on the NBA season. Again, we're expecting them to delay it in some form or fashion because of optics. But we'll again wait and see what the NBA does. But if it does make a change for the season and something comes definitively about, or if there's more NBA news or Laker news, you know you're going to get it right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.